0: Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. Who's doing good? Who's hot? I don't know about you, but I am roasting and I just think it's the Holy Spirit. It's not just because I've got raging pregnancy hormones going on. I really hope you've buckled your seatbelts in this morning because, you know, six weeks out from giving birth and I'm like on fire. Who's excited? Who's excited? awesome can I just say I love this place this is our church this is our home and we love it and we are so committed to seeing this place grow and you know I was looking through worship this morning and as I looked back I thought wow this is the seed of what God is doing in Noosa This is the seed because I don't know about you, but there's some empty seats this morning and there's a great auditorium that still needs to be filled with a lot of people that don't know Jesus and are walking aimlessly in life, wondering what their life is all about. And so it excites me. I don't walk in here discouraged. I walk in here and it excites me because I think, yes, we got work to do. We're going to get about God's business. And that was for free. So how many of you love free? pearls of wisdom this morning. Praise God. Let me pray. Father, I just thank you for your word. I thank you that it's alive and living. And Father, I pray, God, that it'd be bred to our soul today, that we would hear and receive what it is that you want to say. And we give you all the praise. Amen. Well, the title of my message this morning, and I wanted to kind of go off what Pastor Melissa preached last Sunday. She preached an awesome message about pursuing what matters. Now, if you weren't here last Sunday, I want to encourage you, jump on our C3 website and listen to the podcast. Nothing better than feeding your soul through the week and your spirit through the week. Getting into the Word, thank you, awesome team. (laughs) Aren't they awesome? Come on, just send some love their way. Loza, boys, you're the best. God bless you. I wanted to go off pursuing what matters and it was a really encouraging message to all of us to really ask ourselves the question, what are we pursuing? What are we going after in life as Christian believers? Is it of worldly things or are we going after the one who created the world? I love that. It was awesome. And it got me thinking and made me realize that do you know, there's some things in life that God calls us to go after. There's some things in life that we ought to be pursuing as Christians, but oftentimes we fall short of pursuing those things because there's things that are holding us back. And I really felt God birthed a message in me about talking about the power of surrender. The power of Surrender. Now I don't know if you know the song, I'm sure you, most of you do, especially if you've been in the Christian world for a very long time or been raised, but it is well with my soul. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrow like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, Thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. And that's just the very first verse of that song. And I I encourage you, just for the sake of time, I won't read through the whole song because it's quite lengthy as an awesome uh, um, hymn, but I want you to get get the words and I want you to look at the words because I want to share a little bit about who wrote this. Horatio Spafford, his name was, everybody say Spafford, don't spit on your neighbour. He was a wealthy Chicago lawyer with a thriving legal practice, a beautiful home, a wife and four daughters and a son. Poor son. He was also a devout Christian and a faithful student of the scriptures. His circle of friends included uh, people like Dwight L. Mooney, Ira Sankey, and various other well-known Christians of the day. At the very height of his financial uh, professional success, Horatio and his wife Anna suffered the tragic loss of their little son. Shortly thereafter, on October 8, 1871, the Great Chicago Fire destroyed, destroyed almost every real estate investment that Spafford had. In 1873, Spafford scheduled a boat trip to Europe in order just to give his wife and his daughters a vacation, a break, to get away from the loss that they'd experienced and try to recover from the tragedy. He also went to join Moody and Sankey on an evangelistic campaign in England. Spafford sent, uh, spent his, sorry. Spafford sent his wife and his daughters ahead of him, and while he remained in Chicago to take care of some unexpected last-minute business, several days later he received he received notice that his family ship had encountered a collision, and all four of his daughters had drowned. Only his wife had survived, and with a heavy heart, Spafford boarded a boat that would take him to his grieving Anna in England. It was on this trip that he penned those now famous words, when sorrows like seas billows roll, it is well, it is well with my soul. And I read that and I thought, how does a Christian believer get to a place in their life where despite serious tragedy and circumstance that would be so overwhelming, For the common person, the common human being. How do you get to a place of being able to pen those words? God, it is well with my soul. I've just lost my entire family, except for my wife, but it is well. It is well with my soul. Philip Bliss, a composer of many famous songs, was so impressed by the life and and, and the words of this man that he wrote the song to accompany the words It is well with my soul. What leads a believer to get to that place of total assurance in God, despite everything that's going on in their world, despite the walls that seem to be stacking up, despite the tragedy, despite the loss, despite the hurt, the shame, the guilt, how do we get to that place of saying, it is well with my soul? And I really believe, church, this morning, this is a word for all of us, including myself, that it comes with total surrender. It comes to a place where as we as a human can give absolutely everything that we have over to God and say, I surrender. My belief and my prayer is that we today would leave this place challenged to give over to God absolutely every area of our life and that from that we would see an incredible Miracle in every home represented here that you would be released from this, that you would be set free from that, that mindsets would change, that attitudes would follow, that hearts would soften, that people in your world would be saved. God wants us and creates and has created us to be surrendered to Him. Pursue what matters. Pastor Melissa shared, commit to growth. Focus on eternal things, not the things of the world, not the the, the lusts and the desires of the here and the now. But often to do that, to move forward in any area, things have got to be cut off. Things in our life have got to be sacrificed. Something's got to be surrendered. How do I know this? Because in Matthew 26 and verse 41, the Bible tells us, Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The Spirit indeed is willing, but what's weak? The flesh. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm a bit of a passionate, fiery person, and I have, man, I've walked into church sometimes, and I am so willing in the Spirit. (laughs) But the flesh ain't matching up. How many of you have woken up and you've got that intention to pray? I'm going to pray for an hour. I'm going to get into the Word, and the Lord is going to speaketh to me. And the phone rings five minutes later and you're yawning and you get on the chat and with your mother or your husband or something like that. And, 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 and the spirit that was so on fire when you awoke has been overtaken by the flesh. Come on. Now, if we will be honest here, and, and women, we're very good at this. We kind of leave our prayers to the end of the day. Bad mistake. You climb into bed, you put your head on the pillow and I'm just going to spend time with the Lord. And you wake up in the morning and go, what, what did I, I was start. I started to pray last night. I didn't finish. Oh, sorry, God. The fleet, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And, and um, Pastor Melissa shared again about how we had Pastor Mike Connell come and he shared and invested into his team and he said, we got to build the spirit man. God has birthed within us when we say yes to Jesus. We have died to this fleshly life and we have Christ within us. And that is who we have to build, friend. Because at the end of the day, we are still human. And we have still have that fleshly weakness about us. But it doesn't need to stop there. And as we walk and as we journey and as we allow to God to speak to us and lead us these things in our life that we know we ought to sacrifice... We can sacrifice and our flesh gets a little bit stronger and gets a little bit stronger and gets a little bit stronger. You ask any athlete who has a desire and a purpose and a dream to win, they know that if they miss that training session, if they allow that tiredness or that weakness or that inflexibility to come upon them, it might cost them that gold medal. And we got to get a little bit fired up about our spirit man. I want to see this church on fire when you walk through the door. Um, And and, and it's because of something that God's doing on the inside of you. And that we're excited to be in church. And as Lauren and the team just strike that first chord, that, that we are there going, God, come on. Come here this morning. Touch me. Change me. Challenge me this morning. I'm so fired up for that. And I'm excited. I used to have this. When we first moved into our home, we were given a lime tree. And I was excited because I like doing Thai cooking and aromas of lime. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. So we were really excited and so we planted the lime tree and it looked good. It was little, had green leaves, so I figured it was healthy. And five years on, it still hadn't produced fruit. I would go out to that lime tree and have serious chats with this lime tree. (laughs) Really glad that we have big property, not close neighbors, so, you know. And I'd be like, what's going on? Now, we had a horticulturist that actually are our neighbours. They live across the way. And I remember getting him over one day. He was walking past with the children. I said, why isn't my lime tree producing fruit? It still looks healthy. It's grown and it's green. It looks healthy. Why isn't it producing fruit? And he says, it needs a really good pruning It needs all these fresh leaves. They look healthy and they probably are, but they won't produce fruit. You need to go back to the source of the lime tree, which is like the roots of the lime tree, cut all of these branches that are sucking actually the life out of it, come back to the source and allow it again to flourish. I've got baby limes. When he pruned it and cut it right back, I'm sitting there going, my lime tree, it looked sick. It just looked like a stem with a few blunt sticks off it. I thought, the poor lime tree, it looks sick. But until it was pruned, until these what seemed like healthy branches were sacrificed and cut off, only then did it become healthy enough to shoot off again from its source and produce fruit. And I feel like Sometimes as Christians, we are healthy and we are well in our spirit man and we and we're traveling well. But God still desires that areas of our life to be pruned and nipped and butted back because who's the vine? Jesus, who's the branches? We are. and we've got to ask the question sometimes, are we producing fruit? Are we producing fruit? I'm healthy, I'm feeling good in God, you know. I'm getting into the Word, I'm getting into the prayer, and I'm getting things from God, but am I producing fruit? Because oftentimes when we look at our life, and I needed to do the same in mine. Was I producing fruit? No. And the source is the person I needed to go back to. Jesus, you're my vine, and I know that there's these things in my life that you've asked me to push aside, and I have to do it. And I want to encourage you today, as we pray at the end, I'm going to invite you to come. And I just believe as we just share this message this morning that God would speak to you. That there's going to be things that you're going to lay down. And God is going to do a new work. And you are going to see incredible things happen in your world. John 15:5 says, I am the vine and you are the branches. And he who abides in me, abide, let me tell you what that means, to remain to remain. Jesus doesn't want us to come and go to and fro. We've got to remain. Continue to stay. And let me tell you, when challenges come our way, it's a hard place to be in, is to stay and to remain. And that is why we need to sacrifice these things in our world and come back to the source and say, Jesus, you're my rock. And I stand on that. Romans 6.13, and I'm just reading from the New Living Translation. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. Give yourselves completely to God. For you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body. I love how it just says, it doesn't just say body. Use your whole body we're talking about that very hair on your head to the very little toe on your body the whole lot use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of god now if i gave you all a, an instrument this morning same instrument and i all pl- I got you to play a c don't you all know how to play a c okay just don't look at me like oh, don't we're all playing a C, and Lauren decides to play a D minor. I guarantee that the chorus of the C would sound quite well, but there we would pick up that there's a D minor in the building. There's a D minor. The Scripture says that we're, we are the body of Christ, and every part plays its significant role and purpose. And, and you and I are so important in seeing this place go from glory to glory for the names, His namesake. If you're in business, if you just turn up every Sunday with an absolute fire to see other people get saved or, or changed or challenged, we need you from this to that, from the kids' ministry to the welcome door. And I want to challenge you, don't be passive in life, but get involved. Pursue what matters pursue what matters. Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7 says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding. We don't get it sometimes and we're not meant to. There's mysteries of God, church, that we will never understand until that day we're in glory with Him. And then you can ask Him face to face. But until then, we walk this journey of faith. Shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. How many many times do we find ourselves being caught up in situations that we shouldn't be in? How many times do we find ourselves holding on to to bad attitudes or bad relationships, bad reports that the doctors have spoken over your life? Unruly children that are driving you to swing off the rafters at night. Past rejection. When Jesus has marked it and said, bring it to me and surrender it over. Bring it to me and surrender it over. And we are great as human beings to hold on to stuff. Particularly in this day and age, labels go forth like no end. You only need to watch the television to receive a label off it. You only need to read the newspaper. Oh, the world's terrible. Oh, it's a bad place. Oh, there's so much death happening. Can I just say something? The church has never been more alive than today. It's never been more full than it has been today. The Bible has never been distributed more than it has today. There might be enemy in this world, but there is victory in him. There's victory and we've got to change our mindsets. And every day when we wake up, despite how we're feeling, God, it's a new day. You are not dead, you are alive. And By your blood and by your stripes, I'm healed today. I, I want to tell you something, at a personal journey, if you've been labelled with a sickness over your life, I'm going to challenge you. 21 days it takes to break a habit. You wake up every day. It might be in your body, but it's not for you to carry. And I'm going to ask you to surrender it over to him this morning and say, by your stripes, I'm healed. Every day when you're not feeling well, you've got that headache, I'm healed, I'm healed. The Bible says, "This is Jesus, this is yours to carry. I might, it might be in me, it might be on me, but I'm not carrying it. It's yours to carry. And I'm still going to journey through because I'm healed and I'm well in the name of Jesus. The Bible comes to, uh, the devil, sorry, comes to rob, steal and destroy. That's all he knows how to do. That's his job description. So what's he going to do? He's going to come out and to try and rob, steal and destroy any sort of life-giving form that God wants to do in your life. And that's why I'm so passionate about building this spirit man. It is where we birth so much more of God. It is where we birth dreams and desires again. It's where we dare to believe that that label would just fall off because God's doing a new thing. How many times have we tried to fix someone or something that didn't want or need our fixing? I was brilliant at it. Oh, oh you need the Lord. Let me pray for your brother. No, it wasn't that bad. But uh, come on, how many times, so how how come we overlook the simplest, most accessible answers in life and believe that things just have to be so complex and so complicated? I look at our children on this stage of a morning and I see their freedom in worship. And we walk in here like this, The Bible says that we are free, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And the devil, if he can, will stop you feeling that. And I look at the children, they have got the most simple faith church. And I've got to remind myself to go back to that sometimes. If Leela gets a boo-boo, mum, can you just pray for it? You know, I'm running around sopping up blood and can you just pray to Jesus? That is the most simplest faith and that is what we're called to be and called to do. How many times have we pronounced people dead? Hear me this morning. I've done it in my own family. He's never going to get saved. He is so far away from God. Oh, he's going to need a miracle. Yes, they are going to need a miracle. And guess what? We're not the ones to do it. He is. So we rely on him. We get out of the way and we say, Thank you, Lord. They are alive in your kingdom, and I'm just going to go about your business. I want to challenge you with your plus one card. What have you done with it? Have you had that person over for dinner? Have you texted them through the week and said, Praying for you, love you, you're awesome? Have you prayed for that person on your plus one card? Is there someone on your plus one card? Get passionate about the lost. We are not in the business of being passive in this church. That Noosa and the surrounding areas need Jesus. They need Jesus. We believe in what we're doing and we are moving forward, church. And I'm excited. Let me talk to you about surrender briefly. To yield to power, control or possession of another upon compulsion or demand. To give up completely or agree to forego, especially in favor of another. To give of oneself over to something and influence. I love that. That's us. You see, the world hears surrender and they think it's a negative thing. Discipleship to Jesus demands surrender and sacrifice. Luke 9 and verse 23 says, And he said to them all, If any man come after me, let him deny himself Let him take up his cross daily. Let him deny himself, friend. That talks about surrender. That takes about sacrifice. Sometimes, when we wake up in church on a Sunday morning and we've been up since five because the kids have been unruly or we're not well and we're just thinking, just you know, really, I, I just think I'll have the morning off. It takes surrender. It takes sacrifice. And those moments and those mornings where I've felt that way and I've got up and I've made myself go to church, I have left far better than when I ever walked in or if I had a miss that morning. And I want to encourage us, let's just get a little bit black and white about the church for a minute. We don't turn up to appointments late. We don't turn up to things we've had booked in for months late. We're there on time. In fact, we get there early. And we become a little bit passive about church. It's all right, I'll just roll up whenever. And let me tell you, this is the life-giving force of this area. And we are here to set a standard. We are here to set a level of excellence. We want people to look at us and say there's something on their life that doesn't fit into this relaxed, noosa-bogan lifestyle. I had to throw bogan in there because if you head sort of Pomona way, gimpy way, there's a slight Boganness. That... Hey, I live in Pomona, I know. But hear, hear my heart this morning. Hear my heart this morning. I want us to get passionate about the church because Jesus said he's coming again. And what's he after? He's going to come and he's going to gather his bride church, the bride, the church, his church Here's church, he is coming again. We don't know the time or the day or the hour. We know that he's coming though. And I want him to come and I want him to gather his bride and be so well pleased. I want him to say, not those words depart from me, I never knew you. But well done, good and faithful servant. Well done, good and faithful servant. Surrender seems to be such an unpopular word to the world has a negative connotation to it. It speaks of being weak or, oh, you're giving up, you're giving in. But not in the Christian world, friend. In fact, it's the most liberating thing as a believer we can do. Surrender is not giving up. And until we accept and cooperate with the law of gravity, we can't ever fly, correct? Correct? Until we accept and cooperate with the law of economics, we can't succeed in business. Are you going with me here? You're getting the idea. Surrendering to God is not weakness, it is wisdom. It is wisdom. Only a fool resists God. Because it's a fight we will never win. And it's in surrendering to him that we are empowered to succeed in what he's called us to do. Do you know every person in this place this morning has a call upon their life that God has predestined. He knew you before you were in your mother's womb. You were destined for greatness, for prosperity, for blessing, for healing. You were destined for that. There's a call on your life. And God wants relationship with you. He doesn't want three quarters of you. He wants your entirety. Your entirety. Every single part of you. I love in Luke 5 and verse 5 and 6. If you want to flick there this morning with me, that'd be great. And so we read the story and the boys had been out fishing and, and toiling all night. and Nothing had come to pass. They hadn't caught a thing. Might read from verse 4. And This is Jesus and he says, When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch down into the deep and let down your net, nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we've toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I'll let down my net. Now, I've got to that first part of what Simon responded with several times. Oh, but God, I'm just so tired. Oh, but God, I don't know what to pray. Oh, but God, you know, are you even hearing me? And stop there. And I love this example, but he goes on to say, but nevertheless, at your word, I will let down my net. There's always a but with God. There's always a nevertheless. God doesn't want us to stay in that place of, oh, are you listening to me, God. I don't know what to pray. I'm too tired. And verse 6 is, and when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish. And their nets were at breaking point. Come on. I want my nets to be at breaking point. <laughs> they will be in six weeks' time. Thank you, Jesus. Peter demonstrated this true surrender, this life of surrender I'm talking to you about, when Jesus told him to try again. Remember, he was a human just like you and I. He'd been out. He was tired, friend. He was exhausted. He'd almost in his mind thought, that's it. We're not going to catch any fish. Let's just go home. Let's just go home. But his obedience in still feeling this way, was brilliant. And it's something we can learn from. Peter demonstrates this. He says, Master, we've toiled all night, but nevertheless, at your word, I'll let down my net. I'm praying that your spirit man would hear the but of what God has next. But nevertheless, Lord, I'll lay down that label on my life and believe what your word has to say about me. I'll lay down my negative thoughts about my brother who I feel is never going to have an encounter with God and understand that he who believes in him will be saved. I'll lay down that sickness that the doctor told me is terminal and I won't get well from and I will put it aside and believe that by your stripes I am healed and I have a purpose and a destiny here on this earth. Surrender to people, obey God even when it doesn't make sense. Abraham followed God without knowing where it would take him. Hannah waited on God's timing without knowing when. Mary expected a miracle without even knowing how. Joseph trusted God's plan without knowing why circumstances had to happen the way they did. He just trusted. Each were fully surrendered to God. And they were the ones that came out on top. These are the people that we read about that lived a life like you and I. And they still had to surrender. They still had to sacrifice things to allow God to do what he wanted to do in their life. And now we read about these incredible men and women in the Bible who have set forth a path for us to follow. An example for us as Christians to say, you know what, they walked through the same thing. And I'm going to do what they did. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to go to God. And I'm going to believe God. How will I know that I'm fully surrendered, we We ask. When we rely on God to work things out instead of trying to do it ourselves, If it's the first point we go to, you wake up, you've got a headache. God, I thank you today. I'm well. I'm healed in Jesus' name. If that's the first thing that comes out of your mouth rather than the rattle of the Panadol box, I believe you, you're surrendering that to God. This is the spirit man I'm talking about. we got to get it back into our families and our homes. When your children are challenged or struggled health-wise or at school, thank you, Lord. You've got a purpose and destiny for their life. They are born of greatness. They are champions. They are awesome. And God, help me, give me wisdom to parent them the best way I know how, Lord, with your strength. How many of you know we need God's strength in absolutely every area of our life? We need it, friend. Because you say so, I will. I love that. And just in closing this morning, when we start to do things God way instead of our own, let me tell you three quick benefits that we experience. Number one, we have peace. Submit to God and you will have peace. Then things will go well for you. Come on. Submit to, thi- submit to God and you will have peace. Submit to God and you will have peace. Submit to God. It's our doing first. Peace follows. Job, that's out of Job 22 verse 21. Number two, we have freedom. Psalm 119 verse 45 says, I will live and walk in freedom for I have devoted myself to your command. I've devoted myself to your command and therefore I will live and walk in freedom. So we have peace, we have freedom, we have power, friend. We have power and this is where I feel a lot of Christians fall short. You've got to understand the power that is birthed within you when you ask Christ into your life. There is power. James 4, 7 says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he's going to flee from you. He's going to flee from you. Resist him. And he's, that's power right there. But that power has to be activated by our Resisting. I'm not going to do that same thing again because I know it's not doing me any good. I'm not going to think that same thought again because it is not helping anybody, especially me. I am not going to confess that negative thing out again because it's not doing anything or benefiting anybody. Come on. Come on. Stubborn temptations and overwhelming problems are defeated by Christ the moment we go to Him and say, Here they've lost their power to consume you, label you, have their hold over you when you take them to Christ and say, here. And I've learnt that in my own life. We're quite good at carrying just a little bag on our shoulder with stuff in it. How many of you know that that's going to get a little bit uncomfortable night after night when I climb into bed and try and get a bit closer to Luke? There's a bag between us of stuff he's just going to roll over and put his back towards me and not snuggle me anymore but if I get up and I take that bag off so I I actually don't have all the answers God I really don't but I know that you do I'm just going to lay that down I'm going to give that to you then I'm going to go and snuggle with my husband it's going to be a lot more comfortable come on are you hearing me this morning As Joshua approached the walls of Jericho, he encountered God. I love this. You read the story just for the sake of time in Joshua 5 and verse 14. But he approached the walls of Jericho and he encountered God. He fell down and he worshiped and he surrendered his plan and he said, What does my Lord say to his servant? Very powerful words. Let me encourage you this morning. If you're here and you have a decision to make, I want you to go to God this morning. Say, Lord, what do you say? And then wait. He's got the answer. You don't need to have the answer. He's got the answer. God, what do you say? Joshua's surrender led to a spectacular victory and church I want to encourage you as you read through the Bible and you read about these men and women of faith that walk these journeys that we're all on here's a paradox victory comes through surrender your victory will come through your surrender my victory is going to come through my surrender Surrender doesn't weaken us, it strengthens us. Totally surrendered to God means we do not have to fear this or or anything else that's trying to take us over. We don't have to fear our surroundings anymore because God's in control. And I love what William Booth said as I finished this morning. He was the founder of the Salvation Army. He said, The greatness of a man's power is the measure of his Surrender. Eventually, everybody surrenders to something. If not God, then we're going to surrender to the opinions and the expectations of others, to money, to resentment, to fear, to our own lusts or ego. Now, we're free to choose whatever we surrender to, but we aren't free from the consequences of that choice. What wise words from a man. And how much truth is in that? E. Stanley Jones says, if you don't surrender to Christ, you'll surrender to chaos. Friend, God has the best for us. He desires us to be the head and not the tail in the church life, in the business life, in the family life. God is ready to assume full responsibility for a life that's wholly yielded to Him. Did you know that this morning? He is so ready to assume full responsibility for your life how do I know because the Bible says that he so loved you and he so loved I so much that he gave his only son that whoever would believe on him would not perish but have everlasting life would you stand with me this morning God is ready to assume full responsibility for your life the challenges that you're facing right now, he's ready to stick up his hand and say, I'll take them, give them to me. I'll deal with it. And friend, if I can encourage you this morning, he loves you. You need to know that. I feel some of you in this room, you don't really know how much he actually loves you. He loves you so much. He gave, and if you were the only person on this planet He still would have given his only son to die on that cross so that you could live a life of freedom, so that you could come before him and give all those challenges and all those problems at the foot of his cross and say, God, take them away. We're about to move into a time of prayer and fasting. Do not be passive. Let me encourage you grab that flyer and say, You know what? I'm on board. I'm on board with this. God's got breakthrough for your life, but He's also got breakthrough for you as part of this church. We're going to see breakthrough together. We're a team. Team, everyone achieves more. Together, everyone achieves more. Your dream cards. Where are they? What have you done with them? We were challenged this morning as in prayer by Pastor Christian. And I thought, yeah, where where is mine? No, I need to pray over that. And I need to step out in faith because a dream on a card is what? Nothing. We're going to put arms and legs on it. I want you to take it to God every week at the the beginning of every week. Gather your family together. Pray over your dream card. Pray over it. Speak into it. Get a scripture that backs up what you're believing in your heart for. God is ready to assume full responsibility for your life. And as every eye is closed this morning, I just want you to have a moment with God. Say, Lord, I've been holding on to stuff. I just believe that God will just show you what it is that you need to surrender to Him this morning. What it is, you need to give over to Him. Please let me encourage you today, as you step out of your seat and you come forward. You're not looking at me, you're not looking at the band, you're looking to Him. And you're saying, Jesus, I lay this at your feet. Take it from me today. Take it from me today. And as we pray, I believe that you're going to be set free. Set free, liberated, changed, challenged for the championed for the better. And if you're in this place today, and as I've been talking, you've thought, I want to live that type of life. I don't really understand everything that she's been talking about, but there's something within me that wants to live that life, friend. That is Jesus. He gave his life for you. He shed his blood for you so that you could live a life of purpose and destiny. And he loves you. Friend, he loves you this morning. And he's here today to touch your heart. But he's knocking and he's knocking and he's asking, would you let him in? Well, every eye is closed and every Christian is praying. If that is you in this place today and you know you need to give your life over to God, whether it be for the first time, you're saying, Lord, I'm going to ask you into my life. I don't understand it all, but I know that something's going on on the inside of me and I want more. If that's you, I want you just to slip your hand up and say, yes, Michelle, pray for me this morning. And then you can slip it back down again. Awesome. And if, if you're in this place... And you know you're far from God. You have allowed so much of life's woes and troubles to come and crowd you with your relationship with Jesus that he's back somewhere in the distance. And today you want to say, Lord, I make you Lord of my life afresh. Come into my heart and take over and take control. I surrender my life to you. Church, is the most liberating thing you can do this morning. Let me pray for you as every eyes close. closed. You say, yeah, Michelle, that is me. That's where I'm at. I need, I need salvation. I need prayer for being backslidden. I'm not close to God. If that's you, just raise your hand right now so I can pray with you. Thank you. Yeah, I see that hand. Anybody else this morning? God's doing a thing in, in hearts right now. And as we believe and we agree. Thank you, Lord. thanks for listening to the c3 church noosa podcast visit us online at c3noosa.org